Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another Sunday night. This is Fear the Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 6. We're going to cover every single bit of it. I can't wait to get into the episode. Hang with Ashley Chapman and Simon Thompson. We're going to get straight into it. We'll see you guys in just one second. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. So poetic. <laughs> Guys, that's cutting throw your phone, Yeah, throw your phones in the air, everybody. Shine a, shine a light. <laughs> that's a Simon Thompson original musical joke. It was, it was his suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, blame it on Simon. I'm just basically a walking pun. Yeah. That's just like one of my favorite songs, so I'm happy you suggested it. Yes. Um, welcome back to the show, guys. This is uh, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 6, titled Sicket Service, which I think that's a pronunciation. It's a psalm, Psalm 42. Uh, and uh, this is Fear the Walking Dead, the after show on Afterbus yeah. TV, so thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm. We have this one and just one episode left until <sighs> the dramatic midseason finale that is going to carry us through the summer. We'll be back in August, but we, we do have two episodes left to cover, and a lot happened in this one. I can't mm-hmm. wait to talk about this one. Uh, this show, is re- I think it's getting, it's really heating up. Yeah. I, I'm, I was just saying before we came on air, I'm, I'm actually not, I'm not ready for this to, to end yet, to, yeah. to, to reach that, that midseason premiere, because I... You know, with the first season, I was like, okay, fine, it's ended great. But this, I just I just want more. Yeah. Every single week, I just want a bit more. It hasn't plateaued for me at yeah, all. It just keeps giving. It's building a yeah. lot more momentum than the first season, for sure. Mm. So it's going to be hard to kind of take a break for it, even if those, for just for a couple of months. So yeah. we'll see how... How it goes. Just have to rewatch them all. Yeah, no, that, every I, day. Every I actually Sunday. started. I started rewatching the pilot last week. Um, I got halfway through, and then I realized that it's an extra long pilot. Yeah. It's an hour and a half, mm. uh, and I fell asleep. But it's really good. I was really enjoying the pilot. <laughs> um, like awesome. I just fell asleep because it was bad. I fell asleep because right. I got tired. Yeah, wow. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. But uh, but no, but mm. I'm, I, I totally will go back and rewatch the whole thing. You know, something that's really interesting about this show that I'm finding already is. You know, we all we all work in the industry. We all talk to a lot of other people at various yeah. digital sites and, and recap places and whatnot. And, like, there seems to be a sentiment that people gave up on this show. I, it's what I keep hearing is a lot of people, yeah. they liked the beginning and then they stopped watching. And now I'm like, well, are you watching season two? And there's like, not watching season two. And I, I wonder if when it goes when it goes to the mid-season finale and then and there's just, like, no more, maybe when they start hyping it coming back in the fall, people will go back and try to catch up. I think, that I think yeah, there's, there's some of that. But I think also by the fact we already know that, that season three has been commissioned and they're, they're, they haven't finished filming um, season two yet. Yeah. They're, they're still filming in Mexico. They're filming this week, in fact. Um, and I think that obviously we know that the third season, I think this is going to be where people did ditch it at the end of the first season. Yeah. Now they know there's a third season that it is going to, Keep continue going. yeah that when this comes when this has already come on once and they're going to be repeats and then it's home entertainment i think then we're going to see people picking picking it up it's also it's it's a difficult spot because it's going up against now game of thrones yeah so totally, a lot of people totally. are, it's it's kind of taking a, a second place but i think once game of thrones is over people will come back to this and revisit it 
And then that second half of the season, I think we're going to see people coming back yeah. on board. But it certainly deserves to be watched more now than ever. Yeah, I, I yeah. also think that we're going to get, I'll bet you when season three premieres is when it'll yeah. really go big because it'll, it'll be available probably streaming on Netflix and various other sites. Mm. So people will kind of try to catch up that way. But I think the thing about shows like this, and, and there's so much good TV now. Like, yeah. There's just so much. You, know, yeah. you, you hear about another show you should check out that's on some network, like you know, Audience Network, Rogue, mm. or some show like that, or on Crackle or something. Right? You hear about this all the time. Yep. But the thing about this show is that it, it does have a few really great characters. It has mm. a lot of really good characters, but it has a few great characters. Yeah. And that's a defining... For me, that's like a huge characteristic of the kind of shows that do actually last. Because yeah. I tweeted this tonight while we were watching... And Strand, it was his first moment with with, uh, with Abigail. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was just like, I just love this character. Yeah. I just really love this character. Mm-hmm. He, I'll bet you if this show goes four or five seasons at least, Strand's going to go down as one of my favorite TV characters. He's brilliantly written, brilliantly drawn. Yeah. Um, and you just don't know. I mean, we, we can get to, to the relationship between him and Thomas um, later on. But it, it, you just still don't know yeah. where it's going. Because a lot of the others, you go, okay, they're kind of, you know, losing it. They're, they're kind of going their own way or yeah. they're becoming a danger or they're becoming unhinged. But with Strand, you just don't know. You think you know what he's going to do. Yeah. And then he's he surprises you. Yeah. There is also, and we'll talk about this some more because we'll, we'll talk about the relationship, mm. but I think something I noticed last time, and then you saw even more this episode, it's really a unique take on yeah. a gay character. It's it's not, it's like, I feel like it's not consistent with what, what we see on TV a lot mm. of the time. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's it doesn't feel like in any of the scenes that he isn't with another man. You really pick up on they're trying to make him feminine or they're trying to make him seem particularly sensitive yeah. or any of the things that get written into these sort of like cliche takes on yeah. the character. He's just is awesome and he's cunning and he's interesting and he's unpredictable. Um, well, this is something that came up and it was actually discussed on on um, the on after the show on where YouTube where you can watch it back again. And a lot of people were were wondering about is he actually gay or is his sexuality right. like everything else, every other area of his life, something that he's using as a bargaining chip? Sure, you know it's 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 it has a requirement. He might be gay, he might be bi, he might be pansexual, he might not be any of those things. He's just purely doing it to you know to, for, as a means to an end. Gay for pay effectively yeah, yeah right but, I mean, you know. but on that end I, I really like what you said because it's not a cliche character they didn't write this to be kind of a cliche love story mm. it, they sculpted it in a very different way I don't I didn't even honestly think like gay or straight I just yeah. thought it's just two people who are in love with each other and it's very rare that you see characters like that where you're not fixated on oh it's two men or it's two women or it's you know right that type of thing like it, that didn't even cross my mind honestly as watching the episode it was just so heart-wrenching because i'm like this is the first time i think that we're seeing strand you know really struggle with losing something that he cares about and we're seeing a very humanistic side to him that mm. we haven't been exposed to before yeah. and i just thought that was beautiful you it's know? the first time that he has shown any real emotion yeah. everything else mm-hmm. he's been very poker face very yeah. sort of you know um focused and emotionless and even if he is even if he is making up that emotion yeah because obviously he knows that celia knows him and yeah. there was a, a really interesting scene actually where she she admitted that she didn't really like, like him. him she misjudged yeah. him and she was like but now i know i'm wrong and the look on his face was like oh shit no actually yeah. you kind of have me pegged right um and and now i'm going to have to you know i'm going to yeah. screw you over i'm going to play with that and i don't think she'll take to that particularly well but it is the only time that we have seen him being sincere and natural and looking like he has anything resembling a heart but yeah. by faking having a heart yeah. that could make him the coldest 
sociopath of them all. I mean, it was a beautiful scene. Yeah, definitely the crying. But so before we get too far into that, yeah. um, I should introduce everything and remind everybody that, of course, we are on iTunes as well as you're watching us on YouTube now. So leave your comments and your thoughts below. Uh, we try to respond to them. I get on there. I'm sure, I yeah, and I'm on the chat. Guys. So sorry. That's my chair keeps going down. I suddenly uh, realized that there was... A, the bald thing in front of my bald head and right. I was disappearing into the microphone so <laughs> if I keep going up and down I apologise for that in the old studio uh, when we used to have the high tables mm, um, yeah. I had one episode of a show where I was in a high chair and I slowly sunk the whole episode and by the end of it my mm-hmm. nose was like, like here yeah. and I yeah. kept the whole episode trying to adjust it and I could never get it to quite work yes. but, uh, <laughs> we make do with what we've got I, th- I think it's basically the chair telling me I'm a fat ass and I need to lose some weight <laughs> oh, I think that's basically you're yeah. always, your diet here is always like very very on point you're always veggies and yeah, I know. I was, I was all over the um, all over the goldfish today. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're purtiful. It's Thank you. Okay. Um, and if people do, as you say, want to contribute, I'm actually monitoring the chat this evening. So, yes. um, so please do. He's the um, DJ right now. Yeah, I am. The DJ of Our words. lovely assistant. So uh, that is one thing. <laughs> iTunes, of course. Uh, we are all personally on Twitter, and so is AfterBuzz TV. Mm. So at AfterBuzz TV. I am Ben Bateman Media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram, Ashley underscore Chapman. Uh, and I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Showbiz Simon. Um, so if you want to, I be, believe the phrase is holler at me. Oh, um, you Ooh. can uh, you can do that and, on, uh, very on the Twitter. And if you're interested in Simon's social media, uh, he mm. did an interview this week for IGN with uh, yeah. with Ryan Gosling for yeah. it, and uh, it was for the nice I guys. Know, but, he, but he asked about Blade Runner two, and like if you're a big nerd, then you love Blade Runner. So you know, I was like, this is so cool, it's trending. And then I like look over, and it's like, oh, my friend did the interview. That's yeah. cool. And uh, <laughs> it got picked up all over the world. So uh, you know, hats off to Simon. Thank you. Doing cool nice. stuff. Thank and uh, last but not least, guys, before we get straight into the episode, I should remind mm. everybody. A preacher on AMC, they've been pushing heavily. They've been promoting it, and it's been uh, it's been on every episode of Fear the Walking Dead. It's the commercials. You've probably all seen all the ads for it. It starts next Sunday, um, and I will be on the panel for it. We're going to be covering it as AfterBuzz TV. I think the 10 episodes fit exactly in to the mid-season break we're going to be taking from Fear. So wow. if you guys are interested, I recommend checking Preacher out. I watched the premiere last night. Um, awesome cast, great show. I'm definitely excited. And if you want something to kind of hold you over to get you back into Walking Dead season, um, that's a great thing to watch this summer. So uh, we'll talk about that more next week, but let's get into the cool. episode. Why don't we uh, continue on the Thomas and Strand conversation, because that seems yeah. to be where we were. Um, your, your comment, Ashley, about that the nature of the sort of tra- the transactional, if that's a word, nature of uh, of Strand and thinking about how that plays into some of the mystery about his sexuality. Because mm-hmm. it did take us by surprise when you first see it. You didn't know that about him. Yeah. Um, I think that's another great piece of it. Yeah. It makes something that was already a bit out of the norm. It's, it's complicated and you actually don't know where you stand on, on him as a character. Mm-hmm. If he is, in fact, it doesn't seem like he was using Thomas. Yeah. But you also just don't know with Strand. You don't mm-hmm. know if maybe he originally was and then he got into this relationship or what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love the relationship. Yeah, I think it's it's. Um, I mean, I mean, and especially you know, just the nature of how they originally came together. Like you said, I mean, it was very transactional. And yeah. um, I mean, I think with Thomas being also under Celia and mm. kind of growing up under her, you know, it's just interesting because they seem like their personalities they match each other very yeah. well. Like they're very strategic. Um, methodical, and they use their their power, their influence, their resources as a way to manipulate people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just really interesting how that those two characters came together, and then seeing them in this episode as, as compared to you know the the scenes where we saw them in previous episodes. Right. You know, it's just it's an interesting dynamic. You know, having these two um, you know very powerful, very intelligent men just kind of come together, and it's. 
That's interesting. I think from the point of view, I, I was wondering whether Strand... Uh, there was a, Right at the beginning, they did a flashback to one of the previous episodes, um, and Louise said, um, death is a way to new life. And that instantly got... I, didn't, I missed it when it was on previously. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting way to phrase it. And obviously then at the beginning of the episode, we saw the, 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 the priest with the congregation as well. Yeah. And I'm just wondering whether or not Strand actually, once he was in that situation, kind of got... From the way that she was talking, she, she was talking kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, and I wondered if he perhaps oh, realised or had some sort of in, intuition or inclination at right. all to think actually maybe she is harbouring some kind of secret she's the one that's behind this because you know he, he appeared to have some sort of insight and I think that's why he killed Thomas because right. it's kind of like she's she's a, a woman but she again like so many of the women in this is a very strong character she's got balls she is a force to be reckoned with right and he didn't want Thomas to be kept in a cellar with the other zombies. Right. He wasn't about to kill himself, take the communion wafer and die. It's kind of like, okay, he's dead. Close the book on that chapter. Time to kick ass. Yeah. And either take Celia out and take the compound, because then he's got his shit together. He's safe. He's in a position. And obviously the people who work for Celia are familiar with him and like him and they're on his side. Right. Yeah. Um, or whether you know he was just you know there's something and there's possible way other ways that could be looked at that. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be. I, obviously, flashing ahead to the next episode, there is going to be some sort of showdown yeah. between him and Celia. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to see. Well, so let's let's go into Celia a little bit here because okay. she's she's the obvious the obvious uh, transition from from Thomas and Strand. Mm. Um, we we see that Celia at the beginning of the episode has this whole bit at the church. She's mm. not there, but somebody says it was Celia, right? right. And mm. so she's the one she she poisoned all the parishioners with these poison wafers. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they were bleeding from their eyes mm-hmm. was so like ominous. It oh my creepy. It's like if zombies weren't enough, yeah. now we need all of these parishioners to come back as zombies bleeding from their eyes. Like mm. it was that was some creepy stuff. Um but that, really effective. Yeah, really, really effective. effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode had a lot. This episode had a lot of things. Mm. Uh like a lot of the things we like out of a show like this. It did a lot of them. We got yeah. the we got zombie fight, we got gore, we got interesting character build. Yeah. And do we know? Yeah, I don't think we we've been quite explained yet exactly why she ended up killing everybody at the church or well, it's, what the motive was. This that. ties in nicely with with JR actually who is in the forum uh, this evening and said does anybody think that Celia had anything to do with the outbreak itself? Now that's a point I've raised previously because Thomas made a comment about um there being an outbreak but right. it wasn't kind of like it, it was almost like they knew that it was a possible situation right. rather than oh it, there's been an outbreak in a general thing it, it was news to him so it is potentially that if she is doing this kind of it's a god complex right she wants to control the situation and she doesn't see that as people dying right she made a point of saying that they're not dead this is what comes next so I think she's just seeing it as a chance, and maybe she is behind it, to to have control over that next stage. Well, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that, no, definitely, um, she, she doesn't... I mean, you know, I'm actually not fully sure yet what her, her viewpoint and perspective is of these walkers. Like, does she really, truly, honestly believe that these people are not dead and that this is just sort of the in-between of eternity and being here on Earth? I'm not sure, but I I would hi- doubt very highly that she's responsible to the whole outbreak, because it seems like was especially um, from watching The Walking Dead, it just seems like something that we probably will never really know mm. what happened and how it happened. And I, I, yeah, for I me, mean, for her to be behind it, it'd be an interesting plot point. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, she seems just very like she makes fun of um, Daniel. You know, like he's so fixated and obsessed with death. But what are I you think afraid that, of? She says, you know, yeah. she herself is is very fixated and obsessed with it, um, especially for her to go through well, those lengths. So uh, I, I noticed in in the later scene when we when when Daniel finds the seller of zombies, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are two parallels to Walking Dead. First yeah. of all, she is a, a woman of some religion or of some religious connotation, as sure. was Herschel. Herschel. Yeah. Um, and the barn was filled with zombies, mm-hmm. as is the cellar. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar point of view where they're looking at these as lost souls, not as actually just like threats. Yeah, yeah. family, um, friends, yeah. And so the, my first thought was, Okay, this is way too derivative of the genre. We've seen this in the second season of the other show. But then what it really got me thinking about was, that's probably a normal reaction that some people in the world would have if this happened. Course, yeah. it's, not like, it's not like that's a very rare thing. I'm sure there's a bunch of people, if this actually happened, that would say, you know what, I, I have faith. I have faith in God, mm-hmm. and how can this be happening? I'm going to save these souls. Yeah. Um, that doesn't strike me as, as crazy. It feels crazy when you're watching it because yeah. we know what's going on. Yeah. But they don't really know what's going on. Yeah. And, and her talking about, as you said, this sort of like ethereal space between or something where, where souls exist. And she says, you know, this is getting ready for the new world. Or crossing over to the what, what? What did Louis say? The line you said you referenced? Uh, uh, death is uh, a way to new life. Yeah. So death is way to new life. Um, I, I thought that was so interesting. Like the the point of view is it's clearly crazy in the sense that it can't work. Mm. But you also do see uh, you do see Nick start to sort of be attracted to it. So let's let's discuss his relationship to C- Cecilia because okay. I think I think that's like a, again she says at one point to Madison right. Madison walks in. Mm. And Madison says. He's impressionable. He's fragile. She says he's special. He's enlightened. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Nick is clearly drawn to Celia. There's yeah. something about this. There's something about her and what she's selling that he finds himself very attracted to. Well, I think she's like, very much like a cult leader. And again, we've seen this in other areas. It's effectively, it's kind of grooming. Now, whether that's sort of, you know, um, when someone is uh, if you, whether in, a, in a, an abusive relationship and the other person has the upper hand, but, you know, it's that kind of situation. I think there's an element of that, but also the fact that she's obviously a very strong, not in a particularly good way, but a matriarch. Yeah. So I think she collects souls effectively, mm-hmm. you know, whether, and you're either for her or you're against her. And she just has that cult leader a, a enigmatic right. sociopathic kind of trait right. that she just wants you to join and whether she's seeing it herself as a leader or as a mother of all these you know lost souls she's she's the leader of a flock and yeah. she'd rather have you in the flock or she'd rather you just flocked off <laughs> flock off yeah man. flock off man <laughs> and she's, oh go yeah. ahead go ahead but no um just speaking again off of off Celia and and Nick I think that Nick he has a very, um, I guess, like his his naivete at some point. Mm. Kind yeah. of, it's very prevent, uh, presentable, and he like displays it. I think without really knowing it, because Strand picked up on that immediately when they first met, when they were in the cell in season one, and he used that to his advantage as well. And he made references to you know Nick being special, and mm. you know I can't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of him being enlightened and him being you know a different type of, of thinker, a different type of person. So I think that she. Whatever her plan is, you know, if it's her, if it's for for her to gain this, the trust of everybody who's come into the house. Right. I think that that Nick is, you know, is proven to kind of be the one that's like an easier passage than than all the other characters because pretty much everybody else is either closed off or just kind of shuts it down. Right. One thing I think was very interesting was uh, uh, this. This is related to this, but earlier in the episode when her son Luis um, wanted to give her. 
the, the coin. coin. Yeah. Now, this is something that's actually been brought up in the chat here, and this is, again, to, to do with this sort of mysticism side of thing. Um, Mardova808 in the chat says, I initially thought it was Athena, the Greek god of wisdom, because her symbol is also an owl, and because the coin looked like Greek drachmas. Um, also, the churchgoers had the poison crackers placed on their tongues and placing silver drachmas under the tongues of the dead for Sharon, the ferryman of the River Styx, is also a Greek thing. So I think there is a lot of mysticism around where she's coming from. She does see it as this a celestial purpose right. of, uh, in some weird, sick, twisted way. And she looks at Daniel and yeah. she looks at him when she talks to him very much in the way that a pragmatic, that a, like an extremely pragmatic, logical mind uh, she sort of belittles him mm. with this, like, I am the higher spirit, I'm the higher power kind of thing. And, yeah. and you see the look on his face. He feels sort of confused and lost. He looks very small compared to her. Mm. Um, I, th- I thought that was interesting. They, they do make her seem very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And just in her reaction, yeah, just like a very, you know, like passive aggressive creepy almost because just even in, in them telling her that, that Luis didn't make it, I mean, she just seems so straight-faced and calm and collected, like almost emotionless in some ways. Like she has she she has some emotion, but it's just, there's just an airiness about it. It's, it doesn't feel quite genuine. Well, you so, know? Someone in the, in the chat here, it's, um, uh, let me just check who it is. Uh, it's uh, Johnny Rico. Um, Celia calls the death of her son Thomas because if um, she didn't poison the churchgoers, Thomas would have gotten bitten. Um, and also then um, likening her to uh, this is coming from Mardova again. She's got a bit of predatory vibe, as you said, like the snake from yeah. the Jungle Book. Yeah. Hypnotic, but deadly. Yeah. It's and like, I think that's a really good observation, actually. It's like a witch. It's a, she, yeah. she, she's, she's portrayed like witches are on television. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what she feels like to me. But, uh, but what happens going forward, I think, I think you, you're onto something about Strand. We'll see mm. that, I guess, uh, we can talk about that a bit more in predictions. But mm-hmm. uh, that her whole role, I don't think she'll be around too long. She doesn't strike me as a character that could last too long. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but this compound and their relationship to her is going to serve a big purpose uh, in, in moving us you know, into a pretty big finale next week. Well, with this thing of collecting people as well, obviously, I mean, I know Dugray Scott is Scottish, so he's going to have a Scottish accent. But he had the Scottish accent in this. Now, I'm wondering if... How many she sees all these people that she's helping dead or, or alive as her family? She made yeah. a point of saying that they were family. I'm wondering if Thomas was in fact her birth child, mm. or whether somehow the paths crossed, or was the child of someone else who worked for her and maybe crossed her, yeah. and she took him in yeah. as one of his, as one of her children, that's, part of her that's family. That's what I assumed. Yeah, I didn't think that that was her. Uh, birth son. I because, just assume that that you know. Because Thomas and Luis also in the scenes we saw them interacting did yeah. not feel like they interacted as brothers. They, yeah. felt, no. they felt like they interacted as people uh, who grew up together. Who kinda, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, two brothers with a small b. But I think then that's possibly where she sees Chris comes into the equation because he's uh, sorry with Nick. Um, Nick. Yeah, because um, she sees him as as a a son, a follower, right. and that will replace. Basically, she's obviously lost one. She's lost Thomas. This could be a replacement for that that gap in her really evil motherly heart. What did you guys think about the the sort of that moment where Nick's looking at the he's looking at that like uh, carving oh, yeah. on the tree the mm. owl and he's flashing back to Gloria in the church in the in the pilot episode uh, and he's just remembering all of it. He had this moment like he could hear Gloria or something mm. while Ophelia's talking to her mom. I thought that was such an interesting thing for them to do. Like 
I guess it's supposed to show that he, that's maybe why he's attracted to her. He th- he feels the mysticism. He feels the connection to the dead in that space. Could be. Or maybe just in that that small conversation with her that maybe opened him up to think that he does, mm. you know? And then with um, Ophelia there talking to her mom and her being very serious about that, too, um, I think he, you know, just kind of had a, a moment in connection with... I thought that it was actually the image that was on the coin. I couldn't quite see yeah, exactly what was on the coin. Not the same thing. Um, so I thought he was going to make, you know, some connection via that, mm. but... It didn't look like it was the same, but I think it was similar. Yeah. I had the same, very same first thought. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any case, so uh, so let's talk about probably what I think is the most exciting part of this episode. And this is something that happens um, when they go to the church... Yep. And and Strand is yelling and trying to find Thomas. To fix Sorry, fix it's the my chair. fat ass forcing right. the chair it. down again. I love it. I love it. Uh, and they they come across this group of blood running from their eyes as tears. Form, former parishioners have all been poisoned. Yeah, and they have to fight them. And Madison gets caught on the ground. Mm-hmm. And she there's there's two hesitations. Yep. One is from Daniel, uh, and we'll talk about him and his kind of crazy in a second. Mm. But the more relevant one to me. Is Madison is on the ground and Chris is watching as she almost gets bitten by a walker. Yeah. And we all had our concerns about Chris already. Mm-hmm. We all believed he was crazy. And mm-hmm. the episode starts out with his conversation with Travis, um, you know, very much a, a psychopath explaining to his dad that he's not crazy, trying to prey on his father's love to, mm-hmm. to forgive him. He is clearly crazy. And he stands there as he watches. Uh, and and it's somebody, maybe it's, who kills who kills the, the walker that's Alicia. on that? It's, it's Alicia, Alicia, yeah, because she was right behind. So and, and she, she sees, sees it. Yeah. So this then propels the awkward conversation that happens between Alicia and Chris. Yeah. Where he's doing the thing where he's like, "I didn't. You, you're making this up. If you tell anyone, I'm going to kill you." Yeah. Basically. Um, so I've been calling it right that Chris is going to die in the midseason finale. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're feeding it to us hard right now that he's yeah. dead next episode. What do you guys think? Do you think like what what, what did you make of that whole interaction? You go. I I don't. I mean, as far as him actually dying in the midseason, I'm still on the fence about that. But, I mean, yeah, I think that he's taking a really dark turn for the worst. Mm-hmm. And if they continue down this road, I mean, it's, there's already division there. Um, you know, Madison clearly does. I mean, he's just he's just done. You know, it's he has no more strikes left. Yeah. There's just too much, I think, for them to come back from. And at this point, yes, like with him with the knife, I mean, he's just ready at any point to just, you know. Yeah kick somebody off off the boat, you know, um, so to speak. So I think that he might survive the mid-season finale. I think the mid-season finale might be more towards, you know, Celia versus Strand and the whole house situation and that thing. But, yeah, I mean, he, he for sure is in hot water right now. And I think that Travis is eventually going to get to a point where he realizes, okay, you, well, you've lost your He's you know. in more than hot water. I mean, yeah. the way the episode ends is totally crazy. Yeah. yeah, He gets up, he walks into Madison and Alicia's room with a knife. Um which, for the record, as just like a male character walking in on two sleeping women, even if he didn't have the knife, yeah, is already weird. super weird yeah, and creepy. And you, he would have already gotten himself in a lot of trouble just being in the room, yeah. Yeah. let alone the fact that he's holding a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then they hear Strand's gunshot, and he runs off into the night. And uh, I just can't imagine him coming back into the group. Yeah. I can't imagine him coming back into the group and, 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 and like... He's not trusted. Mm-hmm. So he's either got to leave the group or mm. die. One, one or the other. Um, uh, we all know he's a total boner basket. 
Yeah. You know, the guy's just a dick. Um, interesting, uh, Marissa B. Uh, saying, Chris is such a bad liar, he gets defensive too fast and tries to twist when he's being uh, accused of. Um, just another average fangirl says, Alicia will kill Chris in self-defense. And somebody else said, actually, what she's going to do... Oh, this is from Just Another Fangirl. Um, Alicia is going to kill Chris with the pocket knife that she stole from Jack. Oh. Which I think is actually... Uh, it's a really good idea, but I don't think he's going to die. Okay. Yeah. Because I think he's... He's a massively divisive character on right. the show. And yeah, he's clearly, as someone said, a nut bar. We totally. talk about him every episode. He's nuttier than a squirrel shit. Yep. You know. And I I think he's going to be forced out because here's what I think will happen next is it's going to be a case of everybody's going to ask his father to either Leave, leave with him or... to leave with him, or for him to go, or they someone's going to have to be in a position where they're going to kill Chris. And I think it's going to be that option stay, go, or kill. I tweeted uh, he's gonna go. during the episode. Yeah. Uh, I called it last week. Chris doesn't have much time left. Mm. Somebody tweeted back, this kid is insane. Insane people don't last in this world. Yeah. Uh, that was that was one response. Let's see what the other one is. I also said Daniel or Chris, one of them has one episode left. Different kinds of crazy, but both losing it. Mm. Uh, and we had, uh, I want it to be Chris, but watch it be Daniel. Aren't we all? It will be Daniel. I'm thinking Nick might get himself eaten. I mean... People have a lot well, of it. There was a conversation about two or three episodes ago between um, Salazar and Strand. And I think it was Strand who said that basically there are the people you can trust and the people that you can't trust. And sometimes the people that you can't trust are the ones that are actually part of your group. You know, you've got an enemy within. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing with Chris. Now, Strand's not going to stand for this. He's not going to have someone who's such a loose cannon because you can't no. rely on them in any pressure situation. And obviously they are, ne- they are now a direct threat to that members of that group. Right. Um, and especially as Madison has a very big role to play, Alicia is is there but doesn't really have that strong role. So he can't put that at risk. Yeah. And obviously we saw today Strand and Maddie looking at each other when um, Thomas's mother was like, you know, Thomas was like, I need you to take, to, to take care of him. Yeah. So I think she's going to be fine. So I think that's, that's kind of going to play out in that direction. I love that line when he said... <laughs> Do you like her? And he says, she's fierce. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he asks, he says, will you take... Well, you take care of him, and uh, and what did she mm. say? She's like, he's not going to make it easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. the I love the Strand Madison interaction. They've they've mm-hmm. like done a really good job building their relationship. It makes me laugh. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't think Strand's gonna gonna allow for him to, to yeah. be there. He's too yeah. much of a risk. He's as much of a risk to the group as the Walkers are right I now. I mean, at this point. You have two options, right? We're going to talk about Carol Watch at the end of the episode, but mm. it's either that Chris is dead or he leaves the group and returns, and he is officially this show's Carol. And he might be. Mm. He really might be. Yeah. He might be crazy and weird and out there and leaves the group and comes back in a season. And he's. But I think as much as... Talking about the Carol Watch thing with, with him, I, I think the difference is with people liked Carol. Mm. Even right. though she did wrong in the group and she had to leave. People like the character. People hate Chris. Yeah. Chris is about as popular as a punch in the balls. You yeah. know? People don't want him there. But he's divisive. You made a good point. Every I mean, week. I, we I know. I'm sorry. I have like... <laughs> just, you need to write a book. Idiot Tourette's. Uh, yeah. Idioms. With just yeah. words. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I think his character and then at the end obviously standing there with a the knife is big. Um, you wonder mm. how Travis is going to react. You also wonder with the gunshot. Mm. Um, we're, I'm assuming we're going to just pick right back up in that moment next week. We'll pick, yeah. We should probably pick up with Celia hearing the gunshot and walking upstairs, seeing what's happened. Um and I guess maybe in that moment, Chris runs away. He slips out. A couple of interesting theories here. Uh, Jane Lopez. Chris will kill Travis by mistake, which will make him a bigger threat than Celia or the Walkers. Oh. 
there's no way that Madison and Leisha will let Chris stay when they woke up with him standing over with a knife, which is a point that you just made, said. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Nick, Nick was sane, um, but he seemed a bit off. And, uh, when he was staring at the owl carving. So, yeah, there are a couple of characters here who were very fragile, but those yeah. are good points. Those are very good points, though. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, even though Nick, he was already kind of... Lo- um, not Nick. Chris was already mm. kind of losing it on the boat. Yeah. I feel like being in this space, as homey as it feels mm. and as much as it feels like a sanctuary for yeah. all of them, I feel like it's, it's also kind of slowly making people mad. I don't know why my mind went to The Shining, just with mm. all of the craziness that, that happened in the hotel yeah, and yeah. people just slowly going losing mad. It. And yeah. all these images and, you know, all this back and forth. So, you know, I think that just them being in the space, obviously Chris is a huge threat. But in the same, you know, token, you also have these other potential threats that could develop. Well, so it, it's it's just interesting that the space itself, it's kind of making yeah. everything come, you know, out ahead. I mean, when you really think about it, it's like you go into the episode knowing that Chris is nuts mm-hmm. and Salazar was starting to lose it. Mm. Then you find you meet Celia. She's clearly lost it. Yeah. And by the end of the episode, Nick sits down and he's entertaining thoughts from the craziest person mm-hmm. in the whole room. Yeah. So it's kind of like the whole group is losing their mind yeah. a little bit. Everybody's going a little crazy. Um, I think that's interesting. We will see a death next week. I'm not sure which. Let's, speaking of everybody going crazy, touch on Daniel a little bit. Sure. Um, because we get some great flashback moments. He also is the other character that has a hesitation moment in that church, uh, that kind of church fight. Yeah. And he's he's ha- he's holding the, the throat of a walker with a knife, and he's hesitating, and he keeps flashing back to a little boy, a little boy with a hand on his throat. Yeah. Which I think... It's him. It's, I- it's either him or it's Somebody when he was a killed. soldier... And he had to kill a kid mm. as a soldier. That's yeah. one of those two, I'm guessing. Um, and he he seems to be haunted by things he did in his past. That seems to be something they're sort of building. Which I love, because with a show like this, where you think the focus would be more so on the future, because mm. based off of The Walking Dead, it's like all you really have to look forward to is what's to come. Right. I love that there's there's a great element about this show is that there's so much about their past that you really want to find out about and know. And with Daniel specifically, you know, we want to find out exactly how his past and his experiences plays into his character, yeah. plays into his interactions with right. the other characters, and how that's going to drive the story forward. So, yeah, I, I really like that they're they're putting that much emphasis on, on these people's past. And it's interesting as well that we're seeing some of the main characters looking at the walkers as walkers they're very much dead they're a threat and then we're seeing certain people look at them and again this is very similar to Celia but in a totally different way to Salazar he's looking at these walkers as people as as still fundamentally sentient beings and I think how they're they're responding to that in two very different ways because when they arrived at the compound um, they there was a point made, and again, when Celia was talking to Salazar, was like, oh, well, he wasn't shot in the head. Right. So when her He'll son will basically back. come home. Both Salazar and her are seeing these people are still very much alive, just in a different state. Yeah. And they're reacting to that mentally, as one is a, I will welcome you in, and then others kind of going, oh, I see you as a threat, and that has some sort of internal dilemma for me. But it's interesting that she has them all locked up in a cellar, though, too. Right. So, and even with Herschel, it's you know, it's the dynamic of no, these are my family, these are these are still human beings, mm. these are still people, my loved ones. But at the same time, I think they also know in the back of their minds, they're like, okay, we still have to keep some distance here because you know maybe they're not, you know, it just could be them trying to buy time or maybe hopefully figure out a cure. But 
I mean, either way, just all in all, I think it's the whole take on on him freezing up and, mm. and you know, sort of seeing these walkers as still people because he's kind of more ruthless to people who are actually alive. Like, right. He's very quick to kill people who are alive and get rid of them. Um, so it was just interesting that he froze up in that moment. I don't know if it was just specifically because he had that perspective at that moment or right. if it was more so because he was ha- being haunted by something that happened. So does that make him as much of a risk to the group as Chris if he f- freezes? I mean, obviously in very different ways. I mean, from the point... Okay, so from the point of view of... And we're starting to wind into so maybe we should just enter into predictions because okay. uh, we don't have as much time and, and sure. that's probably After great. Buzz TV Predictions. So we'll start right with that. Uh, and, the, and the first question is, next week is episode seven. So uh, two things are going to happen right now, guys. We're going to do our Carol Watch, which is uh, hashtag Carol Watch on Twitter. That's our thought. By the end of the season, who we think is going to be the undercover badass, the character you never saw coming that steals the hearts and the minds of the viewers. And each week we kind of vote on who that is. The second is we're going to vote on, uh, not vote, but voice our thoughts on who, if anybody, dies in next week's episode. Mm. Uh, traditionally, in the mid-season finale on these shows, something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, a big character, maybe they'll save till the finale finale. But it's still early on enough in this show that killing off a character, a main character, they may all not just be main characters. We're not as we're not that familiar with these characters yeah. yet. It's not like the fourth or fifth season. So killing anybody is still kind of fair game. Mm. Um, who do we think? And and my first thought was Chris. I've been calling Chris for a while. Yeah. You're convincing me, Simon, that it's actually not going to be Chris. It's going to be yeah. Daniel. I think it really will be Daniel. And, and the reason I think that is because... Chris is crazy. He sort of serves a purpose as a, a villain we want to talk about a little mm-hmm. bit. He is divisive. He's extremely polarizing. Uh, people get frustrated with this character, but he creates drama. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, people are scared of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel serves a purpose, but the sort of like pragmatic soldier that knows how to handle himself, you can fill that role with other characters. He's He seems to be losing his mind a little bit, and him losing his mind would... I think, and him exiting the show would open up Ophelia's character. I think she would grow a lot if she had to lose him. Yeah. And she had to kind of deal with that and step into that. So that would be my guess. I think that he gets taken out next week. Um, I would say as far as Carol Watch, um, I think this episode, I kind of, I saw, I think with Alicia, I think I saw just her really standing up to it. Right. You know, and, and really standing up to, to Chris because, you know, usually in those type of scenes and in these shows, it's very cliche. They're about to say, tell the truth, and then they decide that they're not going to. So I thought it was going to be that situation where Alicia was going to basically lie or keep quiet about it. And then it would kind of blow up in her face later. But she did exactly what she said she was going to do. She told Madison. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that, like, with her just kind of stepping up a lot more and... Like being more vocal and kind mm. of saying like I'm not gonna handle I'm not gonna take this I'm not gonna allow this to happen so she's my pick for Carol Watch, as far as who I think will die I think Celia might be you yeah. know one of the people on the list um, I definitely think that the Walkers the Walkers may or may not get out yeah. I think that in the the, the stand down between Strand and Celia that that might happen like if either Chris kind of opens up that cellar gate and mm. lets him out or if Daniel or something like that or if they just escape I think that's gonna cause probably a lot more deaths right. um, than maybe we're anticipating, but at least for sure, at least Celia. I don't, yeah, I'm not feeling Chris. I think that, that like, you, like you've all have said, you know, he's very divisive and they can use him a lot more and he'd be a good way to sort of draw a wedge between Travis and Madison, which yeah. I think that's eventually coming. So, um, either, yeah, Celia, Daniel, yeah, it's up in the air. Maybe Strand, I don't know. No, no way. <laughs> no they, way. They, they can't kill Strand. 
Okay, um, I think uh, Chris is going to go bye bye. I think he's going to walk. Um, I think he's going to take. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to leave. There's something's going to. He's either going to have to do it himself, or something, or someone is going to force him out. That's. I, I agree with you. So I think yeah. he's going off into the wilderness. I mean, whether he comes back as a threat or whether he comes back as something else, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see either Travis. We're going to see something with Travis and Maddie. Yeah, because they're obviously starting to fall out mm-hmm. over the family situation, the, yeah. the risks to them. And I think there's going to be something, either they're going to be in, in grave danger or that. Strand's going to be fine. Strand's going to come through. I think we're going to see Salazar dying. That's what I think so too. Yeah, I think we're going to see Salazar dying mid-season um, because I think he wants to die. Yeah. Um, and I think then possibly off the back of that we could see Ophelia because Ophelia is getting more, she's calling on her dead mother yeah. more and more and more. Um, and I think potentially... She's either going to be involved in Salazar's death or in some way. Whether she, I don't think she's going to do it, but I think that's it's going to involve her. Yeah, and that's going to see her either exit the show or change her character drastically. That's yeah. that's what I think it is because yeah. I, I think I agree with you. Chris will either leave or Chris something will happen, but mm. I don't think Chris dies next week. Um, no, but I do think Daniel dies, and I think they're going to use that as the catalyst to open up Ophelia's uh, character. That's yeah. that would be my guess as far as. Do you want to watch your Carol watch? Do you have one? Carol watch. <clears throat> it's it's kind of difficult this week. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I'm going to slightly contradict myself. I think we're going to see Ophelia start to start to to step into that Carol role because she's going to have to make a couple of choices. Yeah, and I think she is a character that we we've, we've not we've not seen the most of. I've said this before. We haven't seen the most from her yet. So I think we're going to start seeing that. So yeah. she's my Carol watch. My only issue with though with with Daniel dying is that they've they I feel like they've invested a lot in, you know, alluding to these flashbacks mm. and to this past and this history that they haven't really explained. It's true. And you know, it, it's it hasn't really played a huge part yet in, in the whole storyline. So, I mean, maybe it was just for, you know, him reaching this point where he, he eventually goes mad. But I don't know. I, I feel like they spent so much time on it that mm. they want us to eventually learn something about him. Take maybe, him out, though, and there's a massive hole in the group. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we He's learn about it through Ophelia. You know, yeah. maybe we figure out all of that through her. But that but, would be my biggest reason as to why he wouldn't. Die. I, I, I can hear that for sure. Mm-hmm. What comes to mind for me is that seeing that flashback moment with him and the child, um, I think if you do take him out and you don't like heavily explain his background, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the worst thing. I think you I think you can just like they can allude to his story without t- get like telling you the whole story. They also could start next week with a, with a Daniel flashback and we could get like that similar episode we got with Strand That's mm-hmm. and we could have Daniel flashing back until he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, that could easily happen. As far as my Carol watch goes, you know, I want to say somebody other than Alicia but I agree with you. This week is tough. Mm. They, they just there wasn't that many opportunities, and I think at a certain point we may have to reevaluate our whole game with this because uh, they've all have done enough at a certain point. Yeah, but it's like it, it's hard to th- think of them as Carols anymore. She's just had so much time. Yeah, but yeah. I really stu- do still think it will be Alicia. I just think it's going to take a little longer. I think she has to. She's going to have to experience loss, like some pretty serious mm. loss. Um, you know, or something, uh, something horrible will have to happen. I mean, she still feels like she's she's uh, muscling up when she has to. Yeah, but she's not really like yeah. she's not like really being a badass yet. No, uh, I, I think we're going to see um, another thing next week is is a showdown. I think it's going to be between Cecilia and Salazar. Yeah, 
Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it seems like that's he... where I think the 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 big thing's gonna. I think she's gonna try and get Salazar turned because that's the only way that she can overpower him. He's not gonna get on board with what she's what she's her ideology. So, what do we think Celia's overall game plan is? Crazy do we think bitch. We have... Yeah, <laughs> basically. All right, and yeah. done and done. Thanks that's for watching it. the show. Um, but do we think that she has you know some sort of maniacal scheme plan? Like just all, including the fact that she killed all of the parishioners at the church and. Just the fact that she has these poison crackers just lying around. Like, do we, is there, do you think there's going to be, you know, some sort of a, a scheme there? No, or? I just think she just needs to be the matriarch. She needs to be a leader. And if that means that she has people as zombies in her cellar, yeah, then that's what she, that's what she needs. I don't think she's thought about, she's got money, she's got safety, she's got staff, she's still got her family. That family is number one to her. It's not like she's Strand where it's, I need to make shitloads of money, I need to pull a con. Yeah. She just needs that as the support. She needs to be, you know, the the king. Well, I mean, ultimately, this is what this was going to happen. I mean, we we all knew from seeing the whole world of Walking Dead that mm. there were other places in the world, other compounds that, in the early stages, tried to survive in their own way. If you think about this place mm. and this house and these crops and all of this, uh, the protection, the weapons, uh, a place like that in the Walking Dead story would have been very valuable. It's a mm. very, it's not a place you really leave unless you have to leave it. You have to run. So what's going to happen is clearly there will be a showdown with Celia. Whatever her game plan is. Either they will kill Celia and take out all of her guards and strand and the group will take over that house or it will become overrun with zombies and they will have to flee and they'll have to run away. Yeah. Um, I would probably think it's the second. Yeah. I don't think they want to like stay in that location. It's yeah. pretty secluded. It's pretty out of the way um, to create more drama for the show. Mm. So I would think that they'll have to run away. But maybe they stay in this location for the second half of the season. I'm not sure. I Yeah, possibly. Uh, interesting just to throw back to what Louis said that um, you know she could survive, Celia could... Um, um, survive in this or any other world. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe we won't see a showdown. I'm going to, again, contradict myself. And maybe she will just go, I'm going to leave this one. This one's damaged. This one's a bit broken. And go and create another, another one somewhere else. Well, because at the end, Daniel asks, what are they? And she says, they're what comes next. Right? Yeah. So that's she very much has this idea mm. of, of what the world is supposed to look like. Yeah. In any case, guys, tune back in next Sunday to, uh, to see us discuss that whole episode. It's going to be an exciting one. Yes. I don't think it's double long. Um, I will check. Make sure you check in with AfterBuzz TV in the schedule. Yeah. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be tweeting about it that day. Uh, or you can follow any of us. If it is double long, I'll tweet about it. So you can find me about that. Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for watching, guys. I'm Ashley. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Ashley underscore Chapman. I'll see you guys for the next week's season finale. And you can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Showbiz Simon. Fantastic, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. See ya. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 